I have found that in doing the work of identifying these parts of me, it has led to a more dependent life rather than a more self-sufficient life. Welcome back to another deep dive into this parts work series of the Become Good Soil podcast. Today, we're continuing as a part two of our conversation with Grant, Tony, and Isaac as we're excavating and beginning to locate specific parts within our masculine soul. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to the first portion of this sort of roundtable with these men, you'll want to go back to episode two of the series of the Become Good Soil podcast number 130, entitled Parts Work, Part Two. And if you are just jumping in and you didn't hear the first part where I offered a teaching to frame this way of thinking, this modality, as we explore integration, you'll want to go back to the very first episode in this series on parts work, which is podcast number 129. Friends, it was King Solomon who said, there is a time for everything under heaven, that everything is beautiful, everything in its time. There's a time for building up and a time for tearing down. There's a time to celebrate and there's a time to grieve. There's a time to feast. There's a time to fast. Our masculine initiation has been and always will be deeply seasonal. And with that said, heading into this podcast, I would love to invite you into this big idea. Every person, every man needs a guide. Masculine initiation was intended to be a response. This isn't up to you. This isn't orchestrated by you. This doesn't begin with you. And there are times in different seasons for masculine initiation that part of that guidance needs to come through a counselor, through a professional, through a trained therapist, through a physician. And there are many times, many seasons, and many expressions of masculine initiation where you can respond to the Holy Spirit to Christ, to the Father leading you directly in your ordinary, everyday life. Moment by moment, Jesus will shepherd you. It's what he loves to do. It's the expression of scriptures when it says Jesus embodies the role of older brother. It's what he dreams about. It's what he orchestrates in every moment of every day. He's offering a fresh path to the narrow road that leads to life as it was meant to be. And so in that spirit, God will surface these young parts within us so that he can bring us home, so that he can integrate them, so that he can offer care and insight and provision. So be encouraged, friends. 
we have Jesus on our side. We have Jesus at our side. He is for us. He is at the center of this effort. So let's dive in. And so Isaac, I have a question. Do you have a, you told me about it, a specific example and you could use whatever you'd like, but how, how has that been playing out in the now and just helping yeah. you kind of navigate life in the now? Yeah, I think I've got a few things coming to mind, but one of the, I think the, the areas that feels most pertinent because everything we're talking about typically happens in the context of relationships. <laughs> like there's no escaping that. And like, whether it's with the chimney sweep or my kids or a friend or my wife, all of this is happening in real time with people that we care about. And particularly the people that we care about the most is where I think this can feel really risky. Um, or it can also feel really exaggerated. It, it feels much more intense with people that we care about the most. Um, not always, but, and so for me, as this is landing real time, I'm noticing that I'm able to engage in authentic relationship and connection. And it's no longer only in the service of self. And, and, and as these parts are popping, that I'm actually in, in real time able to recognize them and, and go, hold on. Like the thing that my wife is saying, it's not about me. Like it's, it's not actually like personal accusation or, or why is it in this conversation, all of a sudden I'm having this unnatural response or reaction. And so as I've done a little bit of the work, it's now I'm going, Ooh, this is familiar. Oh, I, I know what this is. And so as I have the, that familiar, what this feels like in my body to experience loneliness or what I've, what I, how I experience, um, fear or shame in my body, I'm able to, to disentangle that from the relationship and, and actually then even fight on behalf of that part of me and go, Hey, little guy, like, I see you, like you matter. Um, you have a voice, but give me a little space right now. Um, I don't want to miss this moment. And that for me has been so key is I'm able to be present to the moment. Whereas before I just would have been like a mess emotionally. Like I, I would have taken it. The conversation might have actually been only at a three, but because a part of me is feeling poked, I took it to a 10 and it didn't need mm. to be a 10. And so I'm, I'm actually able to stay locked in and engaged in the conversation and not get thrown where all of a sudden um, I'm just reacting. And so my true self is no longer in the room. Like that part of me is gone. And the part of me that is feeling threatened or scared or alone, that one's calling the shots now. And that's, and that's not all that helpful when the goal is connection. And, and actually truly hearing whether it's your spouse or, uh, one of my kids or, or a friend. So, um, just the ability to not let those parts of me flip into this constant reactive, um, almost, uh, fight or flight mode or freeze. It's like, I, I can actually go, hang on, like, I'll come back to you. But for, for this moment, 
I don't want to miss this moment. Um, yeah. And, and can you give us a little example? Like, are you comfortable sharing that, how that played out with you and your wife the other day? Like a, like a, a mini version? Yeah. Um, just to make it real. So for one of the ways that I've seen this really play out is I have a certain way of being, you know, in my own home around my wife and my kids. And there is a part of me that really wants things a certain way in my house. And there is uh, a part of my wife that also reacts a certain way to that part. Um, and I think what my past tendencies would have been has, has led to let that part of me kind of dominate the environment of my home. And I've been able to observe the effect of that on my wife and, and my kids too, for that matter. Um, but I think in the real time is I've, I've actually been able to slow down enough to, to be a little bit more curious about why is it that I have to, you know, or organize things a certain way or, or whatever it is. But, um, and, and particularly when it comes to the conflict of when I run into the response of my wife, can I actually slow down enough to catch her heart and actually own the effects of this part of me? Like whether I like it or not, there is a part of me that's causing a reaction in my wife and regardless of like who's right or wrong, like that, that actually doesn't matter. The, the point is, can I actually own that this reaction, I've caused this reaction and then be present to caring for my wife's heart? Um, that, that's been huge to in the past where I would have blown up that conversation or um, kind of self-validated or um, shifted blame but to, to actually create space for the real conversation that's happening between my wife and I, rather than just reacting to the situation. Yeah. Thanks buddy. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and, and opening that up. And I, I think I, I know that it helps you love your wife all the more, you know, and to be able to see just the beautiful complexities that we all are, Yeah. you know, and to be able to like, love and honor your own reaction, but able to, I hear you saying, just able to really stay present, you know, for those that you care about, whether it be a, you know, a, your spouse or your kid or your, you know, colleague. I think the only, maybe. the only other piece that I want to add to this is, um, I have found that in doing the work of identifying these parts of me, it has led to a more dependent life rather than a more self-sufficient life. I just want to jump in and say, and Grant, you'll remember this, um, less than a year ago, you asked me a really tough question. You said, you said, so what's so bad about that? And that's how you dug. And so what's so bad about that? Because I came to you with like, I've got this stuff I'm dealing with. And you went deeper to like, but what if that happened? Like what's so bad? You were really trying to get at what I really wanted. And I don't know if you remember this, Grant, but I told you, I really want more union with God. I feel like I've hit a wall and I can't hear him. And I want to hear him more like, I hear a lot of you guys talk to God and I felt I wasn't. And so I've learned a lot and I've come a long way since then, but I still feel like a baby in many ways. And sitting here with you guys, Isaac, Grant, Morgan, just listening to you guys share, 
it's just, it's awesome to be, just being here now is proof to myself of like, there's other guys pursuing this. They've been pursuing this a lot longer than me. And when my part of me comes up, that's like, it's not working or you haven't figured it out yet in six months or eight months, it's like, wait a minute, these guys have been walking in this. And as Isaac, you have always said, putting in the reps, putting in the reps. And so I actually want to ask you guys a question because I never get this opportunity. Because um, my my goal is I want to grow closer. I want deeper, like, I want to be able to hear and have the conversational intimacy that I've read so much in the books, but that feels still kind of far away to me. And I would love to hear just any of you guys share a bit about, like, where has this taken you? You guys have put in time into this. You're like, and I feel like you're ahead of me. You, you've got more effort into it and it's great. And you're my inspiration, but where's this go? Like, what is this really, really changed at the end of the day in like the nitty gritty day to day of your life? Not a mountaintop experience once, but like, how does this change how you are? Because I've become aware of these parts of me that really uh, feel very needy. <laughs> or inherently like they need to go do something. Um, and as I've gotten to know them, they're, they're simply protecting a deeper part of me that is, may have some valid needs. And so through that, I've actually in a, a daily moment by moment basis is when those parts of me are popping, I'm actually able to dig a little bit deeper and go, Oh, actually that loneliness that you're feeling, um, there is a real need for nourishment there, but it's not going to be found in just the reactive, like medicating or numbing. Actually, I need God. Um, and, and I do need some real nourishment that's valid. But before I was just so unaware that like I would turn to any place of immediate nourishment I could find. And so in the dailies is now it's going holy smokes, I feel alone. I Mm. feel like it's up to me. God, would you catch my heart in this moment? And that's been just the most beautiful part of all of this is getting to a place in my life where I'm, I'm all done trying to create life for my own apart from God. And so much of these parts are just just clinging, reaching for anything in the self-made life. And as I've gotten to know them and discover their needs, their genuine needs, it's actually led me to a place of deeper union. And and I love, I think, in in John's book, Resilient, he talks about this, these parts of us that have yet to be unified with Christ. And, And now in my prayer language, I'm able to pray through, like, would you unite this part of me that has yet to come home to you? Um, And so it's become my prayer language. It's become a a space of communion with God. Isaac, thanks so much for that, buddy. It's just so, so fun to know all the miles that both you and Tony, um, that that we've we've trudged. And I just want to say maybe just a little encouragement of just like easy, like just easy to anybody who's listening to this and they're gearing up and okay, here's this new thing we're going to try. Like, I just think that the the pace on this can be easy and you have time, like you are right on time. And 
Sure. Sometimes counseling can be super helpful and, you know, goodsoilcounseling.com. Great. Come, come ask me whether we end up working together or let me help you get connected with somebody else. That's an option. But I also think that you also might not need counseling, right? There's a time and there's a season for this. And, and I just want to encourage you um, just to, just to pull out your journal and just, what if you just started making a list of what parts of me are at the table. Sometimes I think about a conference table and okay, I'm at the head and there's a part of me that feels angry. There's a part of me that feels this and just keep it easy. It doesn't have to have a fancy name. It doesn't have to be fully flushed out. But what if you just started asking, okay, what parts of me are up? What are my main players and how do I, how can I think of them as a team that interacts in life and just starting to see that way it can be so so helpful and that you can you know you can google this stuff you can i'm sure connect with morgan and all the kinds of different resources but i just want to say is that sometimes counseling can be super helpful uh and sometimes you can do plenty of this on your own isaac tony i'd love to ask a particular question for you as you two are among our most recent class of Become Good Soil intensive alumni, you showed up last August at the intensive at this event that we describe as an ICU for the masculine soul. We have some teaching, but then we have story groups and places to listen to another man's story, to offer your story, to receive counsel, healing prayer, deliverance, and just guidance from the Father heart of God. We have times of silence and community, of work and laughter. What was it like to engage in that event in light of this category of parts work that you had already engaged in for about six months leading up to the event? This was an absolute joy bomb for me of showing up to the intensive and sitting in that session and having already had 10 sessions with Grant. And I'm in my seat going like, holy shit. Like I, I'm I'm in the game and, you know, for just to peel the curtain back, it's like I'm the first one to share in the story group. And the Lord's like, what part of you is up? Like I'm walking out of the session yes. and we go to quiet time and he's like, what part's up? And I'm like, I feel, I feel like a little kid and I feel scared alone. And I feel like this is what I need. And he just was able to hold me in that space. And so it, it just felt like this amazing divine setup from, you know, February a year ago to then showing up to the intensive. You're being led by a loving father and we're right on time. Isn't that so good? You guys. Yeah. yeah. Morgan, it, I don't know if you remember, but the last time I saw you at the intensive, you, I came up to you at the very end. I couldn't even speak. And I just was bawling and asking you to sign the book. And you took the time uh, to write like not a little thing. You wrote like a message. I just, I could, I was so overwhelmed with emotion. Uh, I'm sharing that with you because um, I, I just want to plug how much this stuff, this parts work, so well integrates. Like I can't emphasize what Isaac just said enough. I discovered my first exile at the intensive on a walk with Grant. And there was this moment where it finally, like I was like Neo in the matrix and it came together and I was like, I can see the code. Like it was like, holy crap, that's what we've been working on. And I would only been working with Grant since like May or June. So I had only three months in, went to the intensive. I am so grateful 
you know, I'm sure I would have gotten a lot of that intensive if I hadn't, no offense, but it was a lot and so grateful I had that. And since then, I'm still unpacking as I've continued to pursue. So like I can look back and almost laugh at like, I couldn't even look you in the eyes without like cry. I couldn't even speak. That's how overwhelmed with emotion. Man, I had a lot of parts work to do. And thank God, like by walking with like-hearted, the few, but the ones who have this language, it is, it, it, it aligns so well with everything we learned at the intensive. Um, and I just want to thank you, by the way, for putting your parts up there on the screen visually mm -hmm. and mapping that out. That was absolutely, I, I was like so excited to see that. That helped me visualize more. And while I know some guys, that was their very first time seeing that, um, that's huge. That was the visual example and putting yourself out there and, and mapping that out. I thought that was so brave. And I know it's advanced but I think we need this stuff. I asked them to stay in the studio because we have Grant and we have this uh, internal parts trained counselor. A lot of questions are coming up in me and I'm sure questions are coming up in Tony and Isaac. And so the three of us, we're just gonna rapid fire some questions to Grant. Let's be honest, you're, you're kind of crawl, walk, run. You're in the walk to run stage, level two, three, four. I know you have questions. Um, I have questions too. Our listeners have questions. What I wanna ask you is, what were your earlier questions? As you look back over this last full year of doing integration work, I've been doing it for 18 months, real specifically in my own story. What I want us to do is return to the early questions. So we can hear from Grant that would help our listeners kind of have an on-ramp, have something accessible to make this operational in their ordinary and everyday life. And so Isaac, Tony, I'm going to ask you to pull up some of those questions and I want to fire a first question. Grant, we're talking about lots of parts within us mm -hmm. and in general, there are different categories of those parts. For example, in past episodes, we've talked about protectors and we've mm -hmm. talked about exiles. Now I've heard the terms managers and firefighters and it can get confusing. Mm -hmm. So I know there's parts within me. One of them got really frustrated with my wife this morning. What are the categories? Like help me understand mm -hmm. when I'm doing this mapping of my parts, Give me the 101 general categories to um, begin to relate to these parts. Yeah, perfect. And I think if I had a whiteboard, if you can imagine almost drawing a triangle upside down with the flat part up top and then going to a point that's kind of facing down, so an upside down triangle, and then almost drawing like a line kind of through the middle of it horizontally. And I would say in the top, I call those protectors. And in the bottom, I call them exiles. And so I would say that a, a there are parts that are in pain and those are the ones at the bottom. I call those exiles because those are the parts that are holding a burden. They're holding a belief. And oftentimes we're trying to shove those guys down or trying to really avoid getting flooded by the pain or the fear or the, the vulnerability, like the trauma. And so those, this model just calls them exiles because we're trying to get rid of them. We're trying to push them down, keep them at bay. 
Okay, so exiles are the ones at the bottom where we're trying to keep a lid on it. The parts of us then that are almost trying to keep a lid on things are called the protectors, and they have a strategy to try to keep you safe. Okay, so there are parts that are in pain, those are the exiles, and then there are parts that are trying to prevent pain, those are the protectors. Okay, does that make sense so far? Now, so every part in general yep. is either protector or exile. Yep, yep. And yes. and one of the big differentiations is that protectors have a role that they're trying to do and exiles are the ones that are trying that are holding something that are like burdened. So so Grant, I I hear you on this and you're giving me like total I'm having deja vu flashbacks, not PTSD, but like I remember <laughs> the first time you told me that and Isaac, I'm sure you remember this too. And and I struggled with this because again, that part of me, if you remember from what I shared earlier of like, I've got to figure it out and have to have the right answer. And um, I've had to come to you a lot on this definition. Um, this tripped me up a little bit in the beginning, but yes, understand protectors and exiles. But I asked you a lot and I'd love you to share a little bit more about like, help me understand how I really know I've got a protector versus an exile. I understand that exer exiles hold things, they feel things, but mm -hmm. the protectors, often when I'm dealing with parts or something's coming up, I still am like, I, I remember early on, like I was, I, and I still do like, wait, is this a protector? Is this an exile? And you shared some things with me that really helped me get deeper into that to identify that. Could you just share a little bit more about how we identify the difference of a part of whether sure. it's a protector? What do protectors really do? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think in general, as you're getting going, I think it's safe to just assume it's a protector until kind of proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. So as you're dialoguing and as you're getting to know these parts, I think a question I almost always ask if I have any question, well, first off, let me just say, when in doubt, just go ask. Like when in doubt, just go ask. Because we can really think and we can really try and we can really try to put it in a thing, but just wait a minute, wait a minute. What if you can just drop into curiosity and then kind of hold an either an image or a, a feeling of that part and then just ask like, hey, what are you trying to do to help me? What is your role? What is your positive intention? And so any protector is gonna have a role that they're trying to do to help and then just asking it then too is, okay, and what are you afraid would happen if you didn't do that role that's going to then point you to that exile. And so if you ask that question of, hey, what are you trying to do to help me? And they're just like, well, nothing. I'm just super scared. Okay, well, then that's probably more of an exile because it's more holding like a more vulnerable feeling. Sometimes parts can be like, well, I'm just so pissed. Like usually exiles are more the vulnerable side of things. And whereas protectors is usually more of like an activation or like a role that they're trying to do versus again, kind of that thing that they're holding and they're just in it. Does that answer your question? Yeah. yeah. And, and just, Very to, helpful. yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Feel free to interrupt whenever you need to. And again, just to finish off the categories, Morgan, of at the top of that triangle, then, um, and, and I would say, don't worry too much about this piece of, is it a manager? Is it a firefighter? So of the protectors, there's kind of two camps. One, some are like the more proactive ones. Those are the managers. And then there are the ones that are the reactive ones. And those are the firefighters. So um, you have a hard day at work and you come home and your spouse like says a thing and you just kind of pop. 
that's more of a firefighter of like a ah don't you understand i've had a rough day like there's like that's a reaction versus i would say a manager is probably more of the like i actually have this underlying fear which would be more of like an exile of i'm i um i don't know how to manage my own weight right or i'm just kind of fat i don't have value or i'm just like an outsider and so therefore a managing part is like wow i love working out and now on one hand you can like love working out but when there's teeth to it, sometimes I say, and that's another way to just, okay, is that a part of me? Like there's almost like a motive of I have to work out. There's like a hook that I have mm -hmm. to work out. Well, what are you afraid would happen if you didn't push me so hard to work out? Oh, well, you would just be that fat kid that no one loves. Oh, interesting. Okay, so are you this protector, this manager that's proactively saying I need to always work out? Because if you don't do that role, then you're actually afraid that you're going to get flooded with that worthlessness that that exile, that little boy is feeling. Yeah, it's really, that's really helpful, Grant. And kind of in the 101, one way it's helped me to understand it is all those protectors try to fill all the space Yeah, because they don't like the uncomfortable open space for the exiles to be yeah. heard, seen, loved. And so they fill the space in different ways. So what I hear you saying is the firefighter, you know, let's say someone who's prone to worry, um, they, their yeah. reaction is I just worry, worry, worry. Well, it fills yeah. the space rather than stay in discomfort. Worrying is sort of this false sense of security because it's mm -hmm. predictable. And whereas this manager like you gave the example working out, I just go do, I'm going to go exercise and it's always filling the space. Mm -hmm. And so those yeah, are way. two different ways of reacting um, in, in the protector space. So yeah, I think that's great. Other questions, I, I'd love for us to fire some more questions, sort of the 101 to help understand this. I think in the 101 category, the even just the language protector is already intimidating of like, what, what are you guys talking about? Um, so I would love to even step back and say, um, getting to just identifying a part and, um, starting there. And then I would love to hear you talk about grant is like, how should you interact with that, you know, quote unquote protector. So first, how do we even, how do I even know? And I know you just talked about like what protectors do. Um, but like for me, it's okay. I've got this really angry, this big, strong emotion coming on. And maybe we could start there is just dealing with a strong emotion and treating mm -hmm. that as a part. And then how do you actually get to know that part? Especially if it's like, if, if loneliness is popping, well, I'm, I'm just pissed. Like, I'm just pissed that I'm lonely. Like, I, I, what do you mean go talk to it? As I can't even get to talking to it yet because I'm like, I'm just annoyed. So help me start there because before I even get to that language, I want to begin with the getting to know a part. Mm -hmm. And Isaac, let me add one piece because you're so spot on. And I even sometimes can get confused. Like we were in right. an earlier episode talking about Tony in this backpack, like a mm -hmm. backpack <laughs> is a part of him. And so what I, what I want to be clear is 
Parts can have names. We give them mm. names. They can have a face that may or may not look like a kind of person, like a really angry person, but it mm -hmm. may manifest as a tank or a backpack. And mm -hmm. so how do we begin to label those parts simply in a way where we can begin to relate to them, Isaac, like you said, where yeah. it's, it, it's reasonable to start a relationship with a part of us that we didn't even know was, was at play. So let me back up, and I think that on one hand, one of the assumptions of this model is that we all have a true self, right? We all have a self, and at that core, I just think that that's us united with Jesus. So you're calm, you're confident, you're curious, you're compassionate, and you're just kind of in the zone. And so if you can almost, I mean, even now on the on the recording, if you can like almost close your eyes and just be like, where have I just felt so united with Jesus? Where have I just felt so in the zone? And just take a snapshot of what that feels like in or around your body. I believe that that's our genuine just gift. That's our inheritance. And so if you're not feeling that, I want, I tell my clients, I want you to just be like, huh, I wonder if this is a part of me. So if you're feeling worry or if you're feeling anxious or you said loneliness and pissed, right? Well, that doesn't really feel like that. Okay, I'm in the zone. I'm in this true self-leadership. I'm, I'm united with Christ. Okay, so let's just make an assumption that we're going to call this emotion, this feeling, even sometimes physical sensations. Like I've had clients like, I just have this headache. Well, what if we just called it apart and tried to dialogue with it? Or, you know, Tony, you know, we just referenced this backpack thing. Well, I just am feeling this physiologically in my body. And it just, okay, well, like, does it kind of feel like, oh, it just feels like a backpack. Okay, well, let's just not worry about the psychobabble and let's just call it a backpack and just see how that goes or call it a headache. Or like when you are feeling, you're telling me these words, loneliness. Okay, when you think about feeling lonely, what do you notice in or around your body? I would say I often would encourage people to just start with the physiology of like when I'm feeling an emotion or when I'm feeling a thing, even if you don't know it's called loneliness, what are you noticing in around your body? And just call that a part and see if you can get to a place of curiosity. Okay, I'm calling this a part of me. The, the official steps are find, focus, feel toward. So, okay, I'm going to find this thing that I'm feeling. I'm going to focus on it for a minute and noticing how do I grant feel towards this part? And if you can feel towards something, it gives you a little bit of space and then just when you ask say it. feel towards, like, do you mean like literally how I feel about it or like, yeah, great. So feeling about it is a little more heady, right? Like if I say, how do I feel about you, Isaac, I could kind of describe you versus if I'm looking you in the eyes and I say, how am I feeling towards you? It's more of an emotional connection, more of a right brain versus a left brain. So I really love it. And it's an awkward question, but how do I feel towards that part of me will help me give a little bit of space. And then so if I you. notice that I'm curious towards it, let me just finish the sentence because it's a little complex. But if I can get to a place where I'm feeling curious towards this part, then you can sometimes start a dialogue of like, hey, tell me what you're feeling. Okay, that's loneliness. Okay, oh, interesting. I'm feeling this emotion that feels a little different. Okay, I'm feeling that that's pissed. Okay, where, again, find focus, feel toward. Where do I feel that thing in around my body? Oh, that's more like up in my head. Okay, I'm going to call that a part of me. How do I feel towards that one? And then you're kind of off. So I'm not sure, but that's like the general, how do I just take, how do I notice what it is that I'm feeling? 
And how do I start to zoom in on what am I experiencing without having to worry about labels, calling it apart, and then starting to dialogue with it in those in those steps. And Grant, just to be clear, when you say, what am I feeling about this part? You're saying, what is the the true self in me? That is mm-hmm. to say, the part of me that's mature, that's wholehearted, that's united with Christ. Yep. That when you talk about me, so for me, yep. it's the 47-year-old me. You, Morgan. Yeah. What do I yeah. feel about this fragmented part? This broken part that so towards it. it's, mm-hmm. how do I feel towards me, but it's the me that's my true self towards this maybe exile part that just feels abandoned, right? Yeah, or, or just yeah. like it's one of your kids that, Gosh. that like, just to make it simpler too, just like mm-hmm. this helped me a ton, but Grant, you use this a lot. You're like, okay. And I was struggling with getting there and you're like, imagine it was your son. Imagine it was your daughter who felt that way. And that got me there right away. Mm-hmm. that's feel towards to me is like, if my son was coming to me and he was feeling all that thing, my compassion, that's Tony, 41 year old Tony today, actually true self me. And that's how I tap into the feel toward rather than feel mm-hmm. about, which is more distanced. And I'm not the yeah. dad, but it's when it's your own child, I think it's a, a simpler way to just access your true heart. It's brilliant. And friends, that's why we call it the internal family system, yes. right? It, mm-hmm. it, they're the parts of us that we are a family. And it's hard to wrap our heads around it, but our hearts know this. Our hearts experience this that we're talking about every day of our life. Yeah. You know, and I think, let me just take one more pass at just the 101 level of like, what am I, what I'm experiencing a thing. How would I describe that thing? And let me just write it down on a piece of paper and put a circle around it. That there is a part of me that is feeling lonely. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And what else am I feeling? Let me just take stock again. Oh, actually, there's some anger. Okay. How do I feel that anger? Okay. I think that feels like anger. All right. I'm going to write that down on a piece of paper and I'm going to circle it. And it just starts giving you a little bit of a map of, okay, I can actually have multiple emotions or what we're calling parts at the same time. I have one thing of like, if you actually get to name a part, um, what sort of questions should you be asking that part or how should you get to know that part? Cause I think that was such a crucial shift for me was to dialogue with them. And, um, but, and, and even before you get to that, I know this is, I keep giving you two part questions, but like, okay, I can't talk to that part of me yet. Cause I feel stuck. I'm just feeling angry towards, you know, I feel loneliness, but I feel angry that I feel lonely. So, you know, we've talked about naming the anger as a part of me and you've, you've said this phrase over and over again, would anger. Okay. Like, would you be willing to give me a little bit of space so that I could talk to loneliness and get to know it? Um, so Grant, like, how do you do that? How do you, if I'm feeling angry towards the loneliness, how do I actually get to loneliness? And then what sort of questions should you ask that part of you to get to know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and what's beautiful is I think you kind of answered that just there Yeah, is okay. Even just being okay with actually there's two emotions here. Right. And I'm actually pissed at the fact that I'm lonely or Tony, you mentioned at some point of like, I'm just so angry that I'm still here. Like, I just can't fathom. Right. Like, ah, okay. There's two emotions. Okay. 
what's the most prominent? Okay, probably anger. Hey, it makes a lot of sense. And, and a question I'll say is, okay, does it make sense that a part of me might be angry that I'm still lonely? Right? Does it make sense that a part of me might be feeling X, Y, or Z? Because not that you have to agree with it, but even just the like, okay, that kind of makes sense, just helps you lower some of your defenses. And then just like how we said that, hey, anger, would you be willing to give me just a little bit of space, not go away, but would you be willing to give me a little bit of space just so I could get to know this loneliness? And it might not, like it might need some airtime. And if it doesn't, then what I would encourage you to do is just, okay, tell me, buddy. Like, tell me, like, say Isaac is the one that's actually angry, right? Like, let's just personify Isaac is the angry one. If all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I'm really trying to talk to Tony, but I'm just mad that Isaac keeps taking microphone time, just like anger for this loneliness. I would just be like, I, I, okay, Isaac, totally buddy. What's going on? Like, tell me why you're so upset about X, Y, or Z. And, and ultimately to the point where I'm like, Isaac, guess what? That actually makes a lot of sense. And I'm so sorry that you're feeling that way. It's actually not helpful right now that you're kind of flooding the system. I really need you to please give me some space so I can talk to the loneliness, so I can talk to Tony. So in the exact same way, I guess that's my biggest encouragement to the listeners is how would you do it if it was your kids or how would you do it if it was friends? And usually if somebody's on repeat, then they just need some airtime. So yeah, it's, hey, that's the indicator. Yeah. And unfortunately we might not want to. And that's but that that itself is the indicator and you have to give you have to acknowledge that mm -hmm. yeah so i'm not as like i'm not sure if that makes if that fully answers your question but ultimately hey it makes a lot of, if you can get to the place of hey that makes a lot of sense can you please give me some space and then just noticing okay now how do i feel towards that loneliness well actually now i'm feeling anxious okay well then you got to turn and you got to talk to this part of you that's anxious so I would just encourage you to treat it as if you were in a group of friends and each of them are acting like these parts. Yeah. And I feel like you've asked me so many times of like, Hey, what do you want me to know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, so, so we finally, if, if that anger, Hey, I hear you. Well, it, does it make sense that you're feeling angry? Okay. Would you give me a little bit of space so I could talk to this loneliness? I feel like one question you've helped me lead with is, what do you want me to know about you? Or, yep. or what are you afraid would happen if you don't do your job? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you're so close to this grant and I've been in it for 14 years, but for the new person, I think what's helpful to me is these parts have been with us for a long time. We have a habitual way that we relate with them, most of which we are unaware of. So for example, I didn't understand that the strategist would commandeer my short bus with immense regularity. <laughs> and my wife had to point that out going, why does it always turn into a strategic conversation? And I went, after I was pissed and defensive, I went, a part of you was. Wow. A part of me was <laughs> pissed, defensive. And I went, I didn't notice that. Mm -hmm. I didn't notice how my default operating mode is to go to strategy yep. because that's just how I've always done it. The same mm -hmm. way where I feel misunderstood on a very regular basis triggered, as you said in an earlier conversation, Isaac, a three goes to a 10 internally. I didn't notice that I put on a happy face and just smile and become a pleaser as a way to 
disregard and diminish, disregard and diminish this little boy that feels misunderstood and ultimately unprotected, unsupported, unloved. And I just please. And so I think what's really important is you are already relating to a part in some mm -hmm. way. Yes. And mostly that's dysfunctional. It's a yeah. self-salvation project and it's not yeah. helpful. So start tuning in to what you've always done. What I hear you saying, Grant, is try something different. And that's an act of bravery. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think you're either overtly or covertly talking to a part. So if you're, if you're in it and you're already dialoguing, you're just not calling it a part yet. So almost personifying it just gives it some more distance and allows you to dialogue. Like, so for example, Morgan, for you, and I know we have to wrap up pretty soon, but Morgan, an example for you with that strategist, well, what if you can actually just go and talk to him? Right? So mm -hmm. when that strategist comes up, how do you feel that in around your body? And if you can get curious about him, like, hey, buddy, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know about you? What are you up to? How are you trying to help me? When do you feel the need to come in? Hey, why did you feel the need to come in right there? Just any sort of question about what you would normally ask a, a friend, give it a try and see how it goes. And if you don't, then that's fine. But okay, what other questions might I be asking? And I would say one other super helpful, and this might be a little in the weeds, but if you aren't getting any purchase with a particular part, zoom back out and say, okay, how actually am I feeling towards him? Because I might, it, there actually might be another part on board that's really pissed at that part. Yeah. And so then you have to pause with the, the target part and you got to turn towards the one that's really pissed or really afraid or really intimidated or really heady and ask that part to give you some space so that you can then focus back on your target. It's so good. And it's friends, so good. like you listeners around the globe, if you are at all like me, this is causing more questions. Like it's opening up new layers of curiosity, of unknown and frontier. Let me say you're not alone. Mm -hmm. This is a process. Or as Grant says, it's a playground. Like you are sons. You are on time. You are being given the portion that you need today for the next piece of work that God has to do for you to be well. And so, yes, there's more. Yes, this is just the beginning. Yes, we cannot give you the full comprehensive um, path and process of doing integration, but we hope this has set you on a journey. And the question I want to ask in closing, Grant, um, what are some other resources um, that you found? And I just want to name, I found a few others. There are a lot, but I found a few that have been particularly helpful to me as I've done this work. There's a beautiful book um, by Tom Holmes called Parts Work, An Illustrated Guide to Your Inner, Inner Life. It's all based on Richard Schwartz's work on IFS, but what I appreciate it what I appreciate deeply is the illustrations really help bring complex ideas into simple focus and on ramps. And so that book's super helpful. You know, um, Richard Schwartz has been writing on this for th over 30, almost 40 years now. And his most recent book on it, I found to be the most helpful of the books and the resources I've seen. And it's called No Bad Parts. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great on-ramp. Again, it's not written fully from a Christ-centered worldview. From what I understand, 
he does walk with God, but we want to be careful to not simply go to self-help. The kingdom without the king is the phrase that we use very vigilantly. This is for us a Christ-centered, God-led, God-response work of growing in integration with God. Having said that, that book is immensely helpful. And then there are these cards that at least it's a starting point. They're called the interactive cards. And you can find them on Amazon. They, you know, we're talking about a backpack and we're talking about these odd looking parts. Sometimes it's hard to get to the core of what these things look like and how they act. But these parts cards are sort of a, a deck of cards that represent most of the common parts that most people begin to find within themselves. I found it immensely helpful to see a picture and resonate and go, oh my gosh, that guy's inside of me. I know that guy, that angry bull. I know him, that little boy driving a tank. I know that guy. And then there's other parts that you go, no, I don't, I don't even know why this is in the set. And so it's an on-ramp. And from that place, I've gone and even named those cards. Maybe it's orphan or misunderstood or uh, malnourished. Um, the, those three resources, the parts cards, the, uh, the no bad parts book, and the parts work illustrated guide. Those are super helpful. And then the other activity I found immensely helpful is, is a series like This Is Us, written by a Jewish director. But This Is Us is it's something I've watched with my wife, Sherry, where it, it gives the heart picture of the internal parts within these adults. And so you go back in time over all these episodes and you see different parts manifest in the lives of these people. And so believing is seeing as our beliefs are healed, we can begin to see through this lens. And I find it's a very winsome, playful way to see other people's parts rather than do all the work of just my own parts. Those are helpful resources for me. I recommend Grant. How about you? A few, where do people go next as they're taking this journey? Yeah, Morgan, great question. I, those, those were some of my primaries that I would choose as far as resources. Um, to IFS. One other book, uh, it's called Self-Leadership by Jay Earley. And he, if you don't resonate with the, with the book that you were talking about with the images and with the cards, he does a lot of illustrations as well. And so it's, it's a very thick book. So just kind of gear up to that. But again, I think No Bad Parts is by Richard Swartz is great. This self-therapy really teaches you more of like the nitty-gritty how of the model. Um, and then even even just watching, and this can be fun with your kids, of, there was a Disney movie called Inside Out that came out, I don't know, 10 years ago. And, and that's based on a different model, but even just the concept that there are different parts inside of us that are acting and have different almost like agendas and kind of act like a family. It's a really nice uh, just example of that and that in the end, the spoiler alert is that the integration of the two and like just including all of them is kind of the goal rather than like cutting parts of us out is just a really nice, fun message to watch. I remember watching that and I was like, why am I so teary? I don't even know why, but like all the adults are kind of tearing and the kids are like, yay, what a great movie because it's touching this deeper reality. So friends, as you can see, there are many ways to go deeper. And the question is what's next? Your father's kind and he's not playing hard to get. He will show you what's next. And it starts with what you're feeling and where he wants to meet you in the clear and present moment. 
I'm so grateful that you guys be willing to join this next episode and just risk your stories, risk your questions, opening up your initiation to help others. And Grant, I've been so encouraged by not only our friendship and our brotherhood and our leading and serving together, but you being a mentor to me in this parts work. Friends, we're deep and we are going deeper still. We have an exciting episode coming up next as a part four, where I take a risk and invite Grant to shepherd me through some inner healing of my part as a way of modeling and as an opportunity for you to access yours as I do my work with God, shepherded by Grant. As you know, all of the meditations, the resources, the images, everything associated with the series, you can find at becomegoodsoil.com forward slash parts work.